welcome to How to Become More podcast. Hello and welcome everybody. Francois from How to Become More podcast. A pleasure to have you here today where we have a fantastic guest, Howard Brown, and we're going to talk about entrepreneurship for business and life. It's going to be a great great show i'm so excited i had the opportunity to talk longer this week with howard he's an amazing gentleman and we're going to uncover this right here today and don't forget we're here for heart-centered service-driven entrepreneurs who want to share their mission vision and passion with the world and get fired up about making sure that they show up every day so they can do and deliver the message that they were meant to all right excellent so howard welcome how are you today I'm awesome. I, I'm so glad to be here. I'm already fired up. So let's have at it. All right. Excellent. So I always like to say, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, personal and professional background, so we can have an idea of what's going on. Absolutely. I am a entrepreneur through and through. And so entrepreneurship, uh, it means the world to me. It changes economies. It builds jobs. It takes away jobs, but it builds the skills to be able to create innovation. What is possible? So I, I, I'm a born entrepreneur, but I've learned my skills and honed my craft uh, along the way. We'll talk about that. But um, the big thing here is that I did some time in Silicon Valley. Uh, so I've been through the roller coaster, the merry-go-round quite a bit. Um, but life threw me some tough blows. So I've, I've gotten knocked down and I, I'm a two-time stage four cancer survivor patient and advocate and um, 30 years apart in my life. And that has affected me as a person, uh, me as an entrepreneur and um, and how I go about uh, taking care of, uh, you know, my personal life and my business. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. You said a, a nugget that is very interesting and most probably because of the experiences that you went through. You said life threw me some tough love. You didn't say life threw me crap or things that are not good you said tough love and that means that you're no you're a grown-up you, you've learned that not to be a baby about what went on and you're calling it what it is but it's only through wisdom that someone can come up with such words saying hey twice stage four cancer and you say it threw me tough love that's amazing kudos to you my friend you're you're an amazing individual and that's what i like to unpack today but also before we go on on something else, you said that, uh, uh, you know, important thing, Silicon Valley. But when we talked, you talk about three of your um, other roles in life uh, because family is important. So uh, you said something that you are a what? A son? I all right. Right. So I always listen when, on your tombstone. There's only there's not only uh, you don't even get 144 characters. So what uh, what is your living legacy? So first and foremost, I, I am a son, uh, I'm a twin brother, I am a husband, I am a father, and wow. I am a friend. And at the end of the day, that is the legacy that is the most important part of our Isn't life. It, I, I appreciate what you just said, because all these things, regardless of sex, gender, race, uh, rich, poor, uh, uh, old, young, does not matter. This is right. something that creates the value in your life, the things that no money can buy. Nevertheless, it's something that you have with you, you live with every day, and then you, you bring to the tomb. 
but then it leaves a legacy to others of saying, oh, it was my dad, it was my husband, or, well, actually, it's rare, but if your parents say it was my son, usually, fortunately, we, we pass before they do. But nevertheless, it is, it is still a, uh, um, how do you say, uh, not a, um, an etiquette, not a, um, ah, what's the word that we use, to, to, uh, a qualifier, for lack of a better term. Sometimes my, my French translator gets stuck. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> and so, right. But, but these are things that we are that, that matter most. I worked 13 years with Stephen Covey and one of the things says, what matters most? Yeah. And so these are things that we can't buy. And so I appreciate that you start by saying that, yes, those are the characteristics that, that you can label yourself and you're proud of them. That's absolutely great. You said the Silicon Valley. So uh, when, when were you there? Because Silicon Valley took a hit at one point, but uh, were you there before or after? Or? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I did. I, I, I did a, a beautiful audio and video startup that grew like crazy in Southern California in the entertainment space and the broadcast space. And then I got called and recruited to move up to Silicon Valley, right up to Menlo Park before Facebook was uh, campus was there. Um, you know, Google campus wasn't a campus there at all. Apple had its campus, of course. Uh, Hewlett Packard had its campus. But right in Palo Alto, um, right in Menlo Park area as well in Los Altos. I moved up there to be a VP of sales of a company called Liquid Audio. And Liquid Audio was uh, trying to change the way that we actually uh, listen to music, uh, purchase music, and be able to share music. And this was in 1997. So we were listening to cassette tapes. This is time of the Sony Walkman. And we, we were trying to download music wave files over a 28.8 modem, which took three to seven minutes. Um, so we were early on. And it took Steve Jobs and iTunes to convince the record industry that you could sell more music at 99 cents than you could for a whole album, you know, at $10. And I uh, had the device called an iPod to do so. So uh, crazy times and it really a big lesson in being too early for adoption and monetization because the world wasn't ready for liquid audio at 1997. But we IPO'd, a lot of money was made for the investors but no product was actually really delivered uh, to make the world a better place. <laughs> and, and so interesting, you say a better place, it is still part of it and it's nice, but you said something that it took the longest time for people to realize that selling an album at 10 bucks is not as lucrative as 99 cent songs. And so these are shifts that, that sometimes, Tony used to say, when something happens at first, we reject it totally. This can be, it cannot be done using Tony, it can be done. <laughs> and so what he says can be done then, because we attack it viciously. And then we says, hey, it might be a next thing, you know, we're actually through time now saying, of course, that's the way to do it. Yeah, of course, I got I got 3000 songs on this thing. And, and, and so interestingly enough, that's what happened. And so it's powerful that you said that liquid uh, audio was something that you say maybe before it's time. Nevertheless, it's still made a drop in the ocean of life and it's still got its ripple effects right now, which is true. It did, but the the, the, the pace of innovation from the analog days and even Web 1.0, Web 2.0, Web 3.0, it's in the digital world. I mean, listen, since November, 100 million downloads of chat, you know, CGP, I mean, that's incredible. So, but typically movements don't take over a, uh, a flashpoint. They build, they build over time. Um, they take momentum, they take reinforcement of the message, they take adoption. 
normally you don't get these flash in the pan lottery tickets that happen um, like the CGP or or like an Instagram or a YouTube. And those even took time to evolve. The market has to be ready for adoption because most people change is an evolutionary, not a revolutionary thing. Wow, I like that evolutionary rather than a revolution. Absolutely. I love this. Cool. So so you were at Silicon Valley. And so so what what brought you to become an entrepreneur? Like what was the shift or were you always entrepreneur even in Silicon Valley or before? So it, it started when I was younger. I, I went out with my dad, who was a shoe salesman, and he was selling shoes on the road. And he took me on the road with him as a young boy. And I watched him schlep in big uh, cases of cowboy boots in New England, put them on display and do his presentation. And I was like, boy, I, this is great. He's out. He's not sitting at a desk. He's interacting with people. Um, then he you know, took a customer to lunch and I got to observe him. He's my first role model as an entrepreneur. But I, I literally had um, a life changing uh, moment where I went to liberal arts college. I played basketball. It wasn't the right fit for me. I transferred to Babson College, the number one school for entrepreneurial studies in the world, changed the trajectory of my entire life because I knew I could hone my craft, learn what it means to be an entrepreneur and be able to properly take in skills to build upon a foundation of an entrepreneur. Now, everybody thinks of an entrepreneur as that Silicon Valley garage where you just you gathered some people together and had an idea. Babson doesn't teach that curriculum. Babson teaches a curriculum that entrepreneurship of all kinds takes many shapes, many forms, but you need the basics to be able to understand what your strengths are. Mine happens to be sales and marketing, not engineering, not finance, not human resources. And one of the other things that I learned is that entrepreneurship is a team sport. Life is a team sport. Teams win and score touchdowns and score victories and, and drive revenue. It's very difficult to be that one solopreneur that does it, unless you're a golfer or a tennis player. <laughs> Typically teams, teams win. Excellent. I love it. Actually, you've dropped some nuggets in there and, and I love it. And I like to, maybe you don't realize it, but this is what I've, I've got from it. You went into school into a direction. Then you realize it was not correct. You didn't cry. You didn't say, oh, it's not. You looked for other alternatives. And when you found them, you said you went to the best business school. So you look for the best alternative. Then you took action to actually get to that school. And then you gobbled all that information and then it, it nourished you in the proper way. So now you can grow and develop as a true and true entrepreneur. This is something everybody listening right now, there's a nugget that's in there. If what you're doing, you don't like, or it's not working, stop, ask, find out what's going on. You can ask Howard, you can ask myself, ask someone else outside of you because i say the day you think you know it all is the day you start to fall we don't know it all i don't know it all nor do you and therefore others have knowledge that we don't so if we're not happy where we are right now or it's not working or there's a problem that we have others have solutions let's go and seek them out and then positive thing here you need to take action on these things because if there's no action taken on new information, you're gonna stay stuck the way you are. So, so thanks for being an example and demonstrating that not only was there something wrong, but you took action, actually fix it, and then transform yourself. That's but awesome. Francois, let, let, me, let me give you the, the secret nugget there. So I, I was taking summer class at Babson and this the dean of the graduate school, she looked at me and says, do you go to school here? And I said, no. She goes, you should. 
she saw something in me and took me under her wing okay and wrote the recommendation for me to transfer into babson college so sometimes you need others and she became a mentor and saw something in me that i just wasn't seeing in myself and gave me the nudge and then once i got the nudge then i was able to actually speed ahead and so i want to say that her mentorship got me back to babson and got me there and gave me uh the way uh, and the path that i didn't see for myself i had a blind spot and she revealed that to me this is so cool you said i had a blind spot i, I like to say and so people that are listening right now what i'm doing is i'm thinking pointing at my eyes and my eyes are looking straight out in front that peripheral vision a little bit but i don't see in the back of my head i don't see on the top of my head i don't see that therefore i have as you just mentioned blind spots but when others are around us and they look at our holistic behavior they can find out things that we don't know that's why i love coaches that's why i think it's so paramount to have i have coaches as well because they see things in you that you don't and then if you're humble enough to listen to them and says hmm this might be good and then again that that word act on it you're going to create new things new realities in your life and it's awesome that you had this lady what was her name uh her name was marilyn snyder and in my book i give her full 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 acknowledgement and tribute for changing the trajectory of my life and whenever i see her i give her a great big hug all right marilyn snyder thank you so much that's awesome yeah it created you created a great individual in howard that's absolutely awesome so so then what what gets you fired up as an entrepreneur why did you decide to become a, a uh, an entrepreneur after you graduated from Babson College. So so I took a, a, a step before I did that. I actually went to a big company, a computer company called NCR Corporation, big in banking, big in retail, supermarkets, restaurants, and I built my foundational skills of speaking, negotiations, competitive analysis, product skills. I went through their training program. I became a junior salesperson for four very experienced guys that were making a lot of money. and I became their gopher and they taught me and I helped expand them and I learned. Now, once AT&T bought NCR, it got too big. We were just a number. I then ventured in. This is now probably uh, about 3 or 4 years later. Then I ventured into the startup world of entrepreneurism where I was really starting up a division of Avid Technology in the broadcast space. So, I I didn't go there directly. I actually went there after I actually shored up, you know, myself with a big company, got the foundation built that was really rock solid, and then I jumped. People take the jump into entrepreneurship at different times. I felt I built up that foundation so it was rock solid so that I could actually jump into the entrepreneurship. I love it. You mentioned something uh, uh, that you were the junior salesperson for Top Guns. People that were really making That's it happen. Right. And it takes humility to do this, but as you did this, you were privy to nuggets of power and people that were actually making things happen and you can see it firsthand. Therefore it becomes yours through observation and absolute and to doing because you said uh, you were the gopher, but that means you were doer as well. You need to do things for them so you were learning the trades right there in the school of hard knocks but having fantastic mentors to teach you. 100% Excellent. Actually, many people don't know this, but Bob Proctor, my best mentor, because he's the one that enabled me to have my yearly income become my monthly income. I don't do it every month, but many times. And so 
Bob, when he had his business, he had a cleaning business in, in, in three continents. And he was making over a million dollars a year. And then he realized that, uh, what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I'm doing? And then he found out about the Nightingale Conan Corporation. So he went to them and he says, um, I think you guys are great and I want to learn from you. I says, well, uh, how much you want to pay you? He says, I don't care how much you pay me. I says, I just want to be here because I know I'm going to learn so many things. So he was in an office right across the, the hallway from Nightingale and Conan. So, so the people were right there for him. <laughs> the job he think, and I'm not sure the numbers, but it was $18,000 or $38,000 a year. That's how much he was paid wow. from a million. And people said, are you crazy? But if you know Bob, you know that he made, actually at the end he says, I don't know how much money I'm making. If I want something, I just buy it. Yeah, I want a plane, <laughs> I buy it. <laughs> and and it's, it's very interesting that what he did is he wanted to improve himself so he can show up better in the world, therefore, and therefore you generate more income. The more value you add, the more income you can generate, which is absolutely great. And and like Bob, you do the same thing. You went down, humility, I think, is, is such a... It's such a great and understated virtue that people must have. We don't know it all. Uh, Bruce Lee, that's interesting. I never know what I'm going to talk about in the, in the podcast, but that's good. Bruce Lee comes and, and uh, a student, he's a student, and he's asking about martial arts. And he says this, this, and he's a, he's a tough guy. And, and the master says, I can't teach you. This is why, because your, your glass is full. Empty your glass, then I'll be able to fill it. And then... That was a tough thing for Bruce. Says, what well, me, I, I'm so good. I said, hey, you want me to teach? You got to empty the glass. So humility, and once that humility came in, then you can have so much more. And we all know what, what Bruce actually did is absolutely outstanding, but that's one of the things. And you did the same thing, and Bob did the same thing. And so all of us, all of us hearing right now, I suggest that if sometimes you get someone that knows a lot more than you, humble yourself, empty some of yours, and then let them pour some of theirs and then make it yours so and to grow to the next level that's absolutely awesome i appreciate the more now that i the the fiber of your being this is absolutely cool so we Thank know you. that and as you said entrepreneurship changes economies fuels innovations and grows worldly and ecosystem which is fantastic i like the way you encapsulate this so tell me what do you love most about what you do and why so I, I want to give you an example. And, and again, okay. a disclaimer, I have nothing to do with this company. But if you haven't heard of Bombas Socks, B-A-M-B-A-S, uh, Bombas Socks. All right. They are Babson uh, MBA graduates. They started a clothing company. All right. And their differentiator is they make the highest quality of socks. Now they make other clothing. They, for every pair that they sell, they donate a pair to the homeless community. Wow. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, wow. right now they have donated $75 million worth of socks to 3,500 partners out there. Um, and I think about this for a second. All right, the clothing retail business, now they do this online, is very crowded. Socks, you can buy socks anywhere, right? But they made a high quality of sock and they put a mission to it. They put a goodness factor of it. So entrepreneurship for goodness, that lights my fire. That is exciting. I love the fact that they actually do this and, and they do this with other clothing articles now. So when I think of Bombas, 
I want to buy their socks. I actually give them as holiday presents. I love that because it's a great thing because it's good quality. Okay, it keeps your feet warm. But then there, the, the backstory is even better that someone who is in need is getting helped. So I can't think of a better example of entrepreneurship in action. Okay, that is making the world a better place. That is shining brightly. I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing. And so this is also a, another nugget that you've given, because Tony used to say, "Success leaves clues." Success leaves clues. And so they found a blue ocean of actually talk about a red ocean socks. <laughs> It's everywhere. Any type of stores. So and in that red ocean, and you and I wear socks now. You wear socks now, like everybody wears socks or just about. And so it's such a big market. And in there they created a blue ocean, and then they and and they make it more expensive. I says you have to spend more. But then they got you by saying, hey, I got a mission. When you you buy socks from me, I'll give it to someone that doesn't have socks. Like talk about wonderful. Now you want the socks not only for getting socks, but there is a feeling attached to it, and so that feeling is powerful. Now to all of us listening right now, myself included, whenever I'm serving someone, whenever I'm delivering my product, is there a feeling attached to it so that they want to have it? Or are you just trying to sell it? If you're trying to sell it, it doesn't work. If you're trying to have a feeling attached to it because you're serving them properly, then they want it. That's why I said people say I like sales. It would say, oh, you like? I hate sales. Well, see, the way that I sell is I don't sell. People buy from me. <laughs> I don't sell. They buy from me. Why? Because I listen. What is it that you want? What are you looking for? And everybody that comes to me, not everybody gets sold, but everybody gets served. If I can't help you, I'll point you in another direction of someone that can. I'm becoming a, a big resource through that through time of helping others. If I can't do it, I'll, I'll help someone else to help you or help you find someone that can help you. But it's that thing of feeling, and to me, feeling is such an accelerator. I, I, I like I was at my hands that I put up when I do this. So for the ones that are on audio, I got my right hand up, and I says for information, and then I put my left hand up to create transformation. You need integration. Now I'm pointing at my head, myself, and so while I'm pointing at myself, there's my mind and there's my heart. You want to communicate with people. You need to communicate on both, not just the mind, not just the heart, but the mind and the heart. It's sort of a holistic communication that you do, and when you do that, you create impact and more lasting impact. So thanks for sharing that. That, that that's absolutely wonderful. The things that you like to do, and what. The, you said something. You love motivating, educating, and inspiring others to what for themselves. You said that you want to lift. I want. I want them to lift up themselves. Okay. Then, when they're on a solid footing, lift up others. That's I why we're it. placed here. And then we join this force multiplier for good and positive change. But if you've got to take care of me first, where are you at? And measure yourself where you're at. And if you don't like it, you need to think about how you're going to change. But once you can, part of that is lifting up others. That's the thing that we just spoke of, uh, Bob Proctor. Your mentorship, Bruce Lee. He, you created the space to feel and be lifted up by that other person. That is leadership. Mentorship is leadership. Absolutely, I love it, and so so true. We need to get room, give room. For because what's it called? Uh, um, they say the universe hates vacuum, 
So if you create a vacuum, it needs to be filled in. So let's be intentional as to what it is that we want it to be filled with. Therefore, hang around people that are smarter than you. <laughs> so, right. they can, so they can actually give you things that are better. And then in turn, you can help others. Because that's what I do with, with the How to Become More podcast. Helping entrepreneurs to get fired up about sharing their mission, vision, and passion with others so that others can grow exactly like you say that's why you and i are in such harmony Howard. we are <laughs> i love it i love it cool so now let's switch gears a little bit and everybody knows in, in my show i like to to uh, make you more vulnerable meaning that uh, you know although you're succeeding in many aspects sometimes there's challenges and so in this one uh, ladies and gentlemen it, it is it's pretty powerful and I'll ask the question, what's the biggest challenge you've ever faced in your professional life and how did you overcome it? Well, I, I have to say that it's it, my professional life. I've always had challenges that uh, you face. Um, it can be from lack of funding. It can be, um, you know, not being able to go to market. The product doesn't work. Um, your teams aren't working well. But I have to tell you, the life challenge that I faced that stopped everything in my tracks was cancer stage four cancer at age 23 and stage four cancer again at age uh you know 52 uh, and nothing else mattered after that because i didn't know uh if i was going to live or die and only god knows your number but i stopped in my tracks twice in my life where i came to a screeching halt wow and so so therefore that's and i said and so it hits you professionally as well but thanks again remember when we started it says i'm a, i'm a son i'm a dad and i'm a father therefore you're coming back to the self and then and even though i talked about business you brought it back to the self saying hey man it was me it was the vehicle in which i'm in living right now that just decided to come to a screeching halt and it's it, it was screaming and twice that's right wow tell me you're 24 years old and then you hear that you have stage four cancer excuse the next words but what the hell happens in your mind now well you become a deer in the headlights <laughs> because I'm, I didn't think it, it was possible and um, I had no idea about what to do next. So um, I moved back home with mom and dad. My dad got a book on cancer. This is 1989. There is no cell phones. There is no internet and computer use was really just at its uh, you know beginnings. And so we had to learn a whole new language, a whole new life and all new experiences. and the uh, Dana-Farber Cancer Institute became the home away from home and the doctors, nurses and staff professionals and other patients and, and families and caregivers became our world. I wasn't in business. I wasn't uh, taking uh, meetings and presenting. I was fighting for my life and trying to understand what had happened to me and get to another day of life and it, it was very difficult at age 23 i was in denial i was in shock i was a deer in the headlights i had to go learn a whole new being of howard brown who is now a patient and a patient fighting for his life wow how was your parents uh, support on this were they like uh, uh you said the, the headlights with the deer as well or how did it work your mom how your mom must have said she loved you but she must have been freaking out well, when your when your when your baby boy uh, has a has a has a diagnosis that basically says you're going to live three to six months, she at first was all tears and all emotion. Uh, my dad different; he was a statue. I think he was in shock too. Um, mm -hmm. We we Too had hard. to actually 
feel that emotion and feel the shock and feel the pain. And we came together as a family and we said, what can we do next? After the initial, you know, time to be able to process something as significant as this life event, we had to say, all right, we're a family and this family fights and this family does what it's supposed to do as to try to support each other. And so that's what we did. We came together as a family. Now, nothing was working and things were getting darker. But the first piece of good news, remember, I told you I was a twin. I'm five minutes younger than my twin sister. She typed an exact match for a bone marrow transplant. Um, so uh, when you actually go and swab your cheek uh, for be the match or gift of life, uh, this is what happens is I was a one in 25,000 chance of being an exact match, even with my twin sister. What? And I hit the lottery. And as I say many times, that, that, that was a very big miracle. I was blessed, I was grateful, and I was lucky. But we still couldn't put it to use yet. It took a few more months for me to actually go through what's called a bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant, where they took her bone marrow out of her hip bones and they cleansed it and injected that in me. And that bag of life saved my life. It, 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 they eliminated my immune system with chemotherapy and radiation. And her stem cells, her bone marrow, saved my life in 1991, May 24th, where it started. Wow, what a story. That's amazing. And even you'd say, uh, you mentioned, hey, I have a twin sister, so hey, no problem. It's the same thing, but it's still a chance in 35,000. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, but I, I'm, and, and maybe I'm digging in, in someplace. What was going through your mind when you're going through all these things? Were you, hoping were you knowing were you scared were you and i'm sure you're gonna say all these emotions but maybe is there one that you were able to hold on like a boy on on the ocean and 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 it, it gave you hope so what happened i i think that i didn't realize it sort of at the time i think there was a, a long course of denial a, a long course of the deer in the headlights um but I, I went to my fifth year high school reunion bald. I had started chemotherapy and the guys are, are uh, you know, I heard the whispers, poor bastard, dead man walking. Oh my God, his life's getting cut short. And the question is, is that, and like many people that have severe illness or, or cancer, you don't know the ending. The script is still in process. But what I did know is that I was an athlete. I actually played high school basketball, was an all-star. I was a college basketball player and basketball happens to be my happy place. I knew that when the chips are down, that I had resilience. I could build on the resilience. I could try to stay positive at, at all possible. And I knew that I had reliance on my cancer team to take me down the path and get me to a place where I had some chance and I never lost hope. So what carried me forward? Hope. Hope was the thing that carried me forward that I clung on to because I didn't ask for this. The cards were dealt to me. I had to play out the hand. And hope was the only thing that I think that carried me through. Um, positive attitude, yes. Support, yes. But again, without hope, I don't think I could have made it through. Wow. Thanks for sharing. That must have been the, an interesting part in your life. But hope is, is, is yeah. It's without hope, like you, you know, you shut the lights and that's it. You throw away the key, but having hope. So, so that's something that's good. So although there was a physical 
uh, disability that you have or disease, I think that hope is something that all entrepreneurs need to actually hold on to at the roller coaster. Right now, I'm going to show, uh, uh, I got this, these little piece of paper and it's a success. And basically it's a straight arrow going up, straight arrow going up 45 degrees. Yeah. But then I turn around and says, no, 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 success is like this. It's a jagged arrow. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. And when it goes down, it hurts sometimes. But as we persevere through time, we know that we'll make it at the end. But you can't let go. And hope is such a powerful fuel to have helped you going through this. You're a great example. Thank so that's you. awesome. So here you are. You, you, you surpass that. You get married. You got kids. And then you're 50. What? Um, age 50, I went in to get screened. Uh, that was the age. It's now 45. This is for um, for uh, col colonoscopy. And I went in at age 50 like I was supposed to. And um, I, I fully expected I would do the cleanse, which is kind of the yucky part. But wake up and the doc's going to go see you in five years. No problems. I'm athletic. I, I, I eat fairly well and um, have a, you know mostly a clean life. But it wasn't the case. I had my wife had my hand, Lisa, and I looked up at the doctor and I said, Doc, everything's okay. And he shook his head. No, I did not see that coming. Lightning struck again. He found something in my uh, cecum, which is a connection point to the small and large intestine. He took a piece of it. He marked it. And he said, typically, Howard, when I find something, it's bad news. Well, bad news turned out to be stage three colon cancer. It wow. struck again, but now I'm 50. I'm in a different stage. I'm married. I have a miracle daughter. Um, and I, it just, we're in the digital time. But within 10 days, I did surgery. 13.1 inches of my colon is removed, plus margin and lymph nodes. They install a chemo port in my chest under my clavicle. And I start chemotherapy. And I'm back. I'm back in the trenches. I'm back on the front lines of fighting cancer 26 years later. Now, a lot of great stuff happened between then, though. My business confidence, uh, my business was going great in the startup world. I got married to my love of my life, Lisa. I had a miracle baby through frozen sperm, Emily, which is a whole different miracle. But I ended up having to go back in the trenches and look at that resolve. Now, this time, being a veteran of cancer, listen, was it shock? Yes. Was, uh, was I surprised? Yes. Was there emotion? Yes. But... I was much more of a Marine on a mission. I, I was a war veteran. I said, oh my goodness, I got a lot to live for. Like seeing my daughter graduate high school. Um, I, I, I have to go down and, and fight this again. And it was no fun. It stopped me in my tracks again. But I did have some lessons learned from 26 years earlier that I could apply. But this time I had different tools to use. 26 years later, we're living in the digital world. Okay, with their cell phones, there's computers, there's Facebook. I was decided to be very public about my diagnosis. And I have a very big network from all over the world. I was getting prayers and jokes and memes and um, people were actually cheering me on and that helped. But still, I needed medical technology to help me get through because I was failing all the chemotherapies, failing the surgeries. And I had a Hail Mary thrown at me, which was a surgery which took out all the cancer in my uh, abdomen and they poured hot chemotherapy inside of me, sewed me up, rotated me around for 90 minutes to kill microcell chemotherapy. And that is what saved my life. Miracle number three saved my life 
Okay, it has me at no evidence of disease at this time, three and a half years later, and I get to build Humpty Dumpty all over again. I'm like a cat with nine lives. I get three lives. I actually get to be able to, at 56 years old, go back and decide what I want to do for the rest of my time. Wow. What a gift. What a blessing in disguise. Now I understand more when we started. said it was tough love, but you are the individual that you are now because of the experiences that you went through as harsh as they were. But nevertheless, you said something also, this is the second time around. I was a lot more like a Marine. I had the training and I went for it. And so instead of being discouraged, you, 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 you were in, and, and again, that word hope and says, Hey, I've been through this. I can do it again. And so, and now I have, you said, I even have better tools. I'm better equipped to make it happen. And I have more to lose your miracle daughter. And then actually, you're going to have to talk to us about that miracle daughter also, but it's the things that you're holding on to. And then you said, interestingly enough, my support system, the people, the family was good, but I needed also to have medicine. So, so there's a balance in life. We cannot be black and white on everything that life, life is a puzzle. It's not just one piece. It's a puzzle. It's got many pieces and some of them fit better than others, but it's a puzzle. So we have to be patient with it also, but there's many pieces and we need to put them together. And love is what's the glue that bounds it all together or binds it all together. That's absolutely awesome. Cool. Hey, this is, this is amazing. I don't want to go to your daughter yet. I want to go later. Tell me how, because this experience is something that, you know, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from this challenge? I learned lots of lessons. Okay. And, and unfortunately we live in, in the stage four cancer worlds. We live with a lot of death and people that they, they didn't give up, but their cancer burden was too much. But here's what I, here's what I really took away from it this time around. I said, okay, this life that we lead, okay. In business and in family and in relationships, it's not what we get. It is not what we get. It's what we give. And so I said, I, I actually had to learn actually how to accept people giving to me, you know, where I'm a macho guy, I can handle it myself. But when I let people give, it gave them joy. It gave them pleasure and they felt they were helping move me forward. And they did, whether it was um, dropping by meals, the soccer moms and dads dropped off meals. I got cleaning supplies. Uh, I got gift cards. Um, I got uh, just people telling me, uh, keep on going and cheering me on a prayer. It doesn't matter. I let it and I took it in and it helped. It helped me move forward. And then I said, you know what? Now that I'm actually you know, on the path of healing and, and well-being, it's all about what we can give to others and take them from point A to point B in their life, just like you do in your coaching. Okay. You set goals and you help them get there. And if it takes two steps back or a sidestep or you go over or under, it doesn't matter. But that's that's the point of living this life is to help others. And that's why mentorship is so important. Um, that's why coaching is so important. Um, and I that's why that, that's why I do so much work. And the one thing I'm going to do right now is we're going to stop and I'm going to tell everybody that's listening or watching, go get screened. Okay. Go get your mammography, go get your prostate check, go get your colon test, either an in-house test or a colonoscopy at age 45. And if you have symptoms or family history, go sooner, um, go get your cardio checked, um, go get checked because if you're not at full strength, it's very hard to play the game.
the game of life and the game of entrepreneurship and the game of business, right? And you know, you're a Taekwondo gold medalist. Try to play with an injury much no. harder. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Absolutely. Wow. Thanks for that. Thanks for that timeout. <laughs> no, no, but that's okay. And, and, and it comes from, I, my mom always used to say, before you judge the message, judge the messenger. And in this case, Howard is a, is a valid messenger. It's not just blowing smoke here. It's actually the truth and it's truthful about it. So I appreciate that, that so much. Yeah, that, that's- But here's the benefit of getting screened, okay? You don't have a chance to have a malaise or bad diagnosis that can lead to bad things. So I'm stopping you right now from having to go through, okay? potential chemotherapy, potential surgery, side effects galore, okay? Uh, you're having your uh, emotional well-being challenged, your physical well-being challenged, your financial well-being challenged, and relationships being challenged. So I think I did everyone a favor <laughs> to go get screened. I don't want anyone to have to go through this. It was horrible. Wow, Howard, thanks for sharing. And so so may I, in, 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 in humble in here, let's let's put this for entrepreneurship. Yeah. Get checked. If your balance is down, there's a problem. If there's symptoms of dis-ease, meaning not being at ease. And so if you're not being at ease with the way that you, I don't know, prospect, follow-up, anything that you're doing, the message is not clear. Get help. Get checked. <laughs> exactly. If your mindset is not to help you and support you to go in the direction that you want, get checked. And when you get checked, They can actually repurpose the way that you're going. I like to say God cannot steer a parked car. Keep moving, but ask for direction. <laughs> if, if you're going the wrong direction, if you're moving, oh, you can be steered into the right direction. So you got to keep moving. But asking the opinions of others to help us out is so paramount. You said it. We're not alone in this world. We are not. So, of course, you said we're in the medical field for what happened. But I'm talking about also in the business field. And, and, and what's happening in our lives for entrepreneurs. We need to find out and get diagnosed. I, I, I like to say, people say sometimes they come to me, hey, what's wrong with my business? They tell me, so I, says, <laughs> I says, an analysis without, sorry, uh, prescription without analysis is like malpractice. We need to find out what's going on. What is it? You ever heard this joke of this guy comes, He says, doctor, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm hurting all over the place. Is what he means. He says, when I touch myself here, it hurts. When I touch my, and I'm touching myself all over the body on the head, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. He goes, what's wrong? And he says, you have a broken finger. <laughs> I, I want, first of all, I want, you made a really good point that needs to be emphasized. A nugget, as you okay. say. Entrepreneurship, okay, there's two, two kind of things that, that, that entrepreneurs talk about. Is one is that loneliness. Entrepreneurship is lonely. Okay. And when you're lonely, you tend to isolate and don't ask for help. Right. And that's, okay. that's, that's really important is that, 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 that is not going to move you forward. The second uh, piece is that entrepreneurs tend to be workaholics. They lose balance. Those two things are the biggest things. If you talk to entrepreneurs is that isolation and loneliness and workaholicness. Pick me. I did it. I'm guilty. I'm learning. I'm a ball of clay. I, uh, I, I am now learning the discipline. And again, you spoke. And when we talk the discipline of getting to a gold medal, the discipline of getting to your goals, the discipline, 
the discipline. And I'm still a, I'm still a patient when it comes to the workaholicness and, and trying to do things alone. So if you can, that, that I want to just emphasize those great nuggets that, 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 that uh, you, you started to talk about. Excellent. Thank you so much for, you know, pausing. And, and that's one of the things that I like about you and me. Whenever there's nuggets, we pause and we share so that there's an emphasis so that the listeners can realize the importance of these things, which is absolutely fantastic. I love this. Cool. So, and I love what you said. You learn from this big thing that in life, it's not what you get, but what you give. And, and actually, that's what gives you life. The more you give, the more life comes through and the more you can give to others. That's absolutely awesome. What words of encouragement or advice would you give to a struggling entrepreneur? So that there's, there's, there's a ton of them, but you become a, a cheerleader, a mentor, a coach to them in the sporting sense is that you want to give them encouragement, right? You want them to be able to um, make sure that they're in balance, right? And then connection. Can you move them forward by connecting them to the right uh, person, the right company, and, and help move them forward? That is the proof case, okay? Talk is talk, but action. You can help move them forward. Like, for example, people, Babson students call me, and I can do something that they can't do at all. Within two minutes, I can get them um, potential internship with one of the biggest banks in New England. Right. I can do that because it's an alumni friend. I send them an email. I said, I think I found a really cool intern for your evaluation. They can't do that themselves. But boy, uh, they call you back and they said, oh, my God, I got interviewed and I got the I got the internship and, and it's something they couldn't do. So that's mentorship is actually leading the way. But do it through action, not just words. I love it. You and I, once again, I said it before, you know, there's a lot of knowledge, but until we take action, we cannot get the uh, uh, the invisible into visible. It, it is done through the creation process of action. We need to take action. And that's absolutely great. And also for those of you who didn't hear, alone we can't do it. It's through connection. And I said before, if you come into my world, not everybody gets sold, but everybody gets served. If I can't help you, I'll point to the direction of someone that can. And everybody, you, me, and everybody listening to this, we can do that. So let's serve others more. Because when the tide rises, all the boats rise with it. So let's make it happen for each and every one of us. I love it. You also used some words that are pretty cool when I ask about words of encouragement. And I'd like you to, to elaborate on it. Because I'm a Frenchman and, and I, I speak English, but I always with an accent. But you said fortitude. You know, of, of a struggling entrepreneur, you tell them fortitude. Why is fortitude in, in your mind something that's important for someone that's struggling and wants to overcome? Fortitude, resilience, resolve. It shows you what you're made of, okay? Oh. When you get pushed back or pushed down or pushed to the side, what is your comeback? What's, and, and as I said, I said it before, what's your get up? Get up and again, again, and again, okay? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with a, a decision or bad news or um, a bad business thing that's happening? The bounce back. That's that's really what's important. And there's a, an author named Robert Wicks that has a book called Bounce. Okay, your resiliency is like a muscle. It can get really strong. It can get very weak. Okay, so do you want to actually take a lesson learned from the, the thing that knocked you down, but bounce back? What have you learned from that? And how can it make you better? And how can you actually give you that resolve to keep moving forward? Hard thing to do. Yeah, it is. And actually, 
Hard thing to do alone. Mm. We need others around us. Same with you. The stage three and four that you, that you it was a surrounding of people and of abilities that were beside you. And so it's the same. So everybody listening to my voice right now, think about this. If you're good at what you do and you help serving others, you cannot be good at everything. And guess what? The others that you serve, they're good at something that you're not good at. And by pairing with them, then everybody gets better much faster. You also said something before. I didn't want to forget it. You said, if you come to me, I can, I can make it go faster because of the experience that I have. And oftentimes people says, oh, well, well if I go to someone and, and it costs money, like it costs money. Time is money. <laughs> if, you, if you can sh short circuit the time that it takes to go from point A to point B and it costs you money, whew, imagine what you can do at the other end. I like to see that, that, that life is like a mountain. And when you're at the bottom of the mountain, you don't have the same view as when you're in the middle of the mountain nor when you're on the top of the mountain right. and when you get to the top of the mountain although you had to climb it was tough but when you get there the view is irreplaceable because you paid the price for it and no one can take that away from you nevertheless it can be really tough to go up that mountain if you have the wrong shoes if you're not hydrated if you didn't bring a lunch what does that mean ask help from others advice from others that know how to do the trek that you're going into and they're going to save you time and make the journey more enjoyable. Will that eliminate all challenges? Absolutely not. Because those challenges are what makes you strong if you get back up. And sometimes we can't back up. That's why we need others to help us do so. And Howard, you're amazing at helping others get back up. And in my whole humble way, I try to, to make others get back up as well. Cool. So do you have a special MVP like mission, vision, passion formula that you can share with the audience? Sure. So uh, I've, I've alluded to it a little bit, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm now rebranding myself. I'm, I'm the you know, survivorship coach. I help people get back up. Um, and, and again, you've got to appreciate the small steps as well as the big steps to certain. Um, but the first thing is always lift yourself up, lift up others. And shining brightly, the, 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 my mantra, okay, is you shine brightly a little bit each day and you make the world a better place for yourself, others, okay, your communities, your neighborhoods, and the world. That's my mantra. My mantra is to try and shine brightly because the world is really messy. Like your little squiggly lines going up. It's messy. It's never a straight line. So, but each day we look in the mirror and say, share some goodness with ourselves and about ourselves and then share it with others. Again, that's the movement that, that I'm sharing right now. That's my mantra. I love it. I love it. That's a great mantra. And indeed, and, and some of the things with this, I like to say that when we add value to others, you might get some money from doing it, but you get what I call psychic money. And that's that there's no tangible value to this, but it's the thing that when you, and when I said it, you had a big smile on your face, Howard. And that's yeah. what I meant is that when you have that psychic money, you go to bed at night and you got a smile on your face, you're feeling good. And that's not necessarily monetary, but guess what? as this feeling is deeper inside of you the next day when you wake up you're energized even more to serve more people and let me tell you the more people you serve the more value you add don't worry about the money it's gonna come but just keep serving keep serving 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 i like to say and we alluded to that uh, uh howard before as i feel that life is like a wood stove and you can ask the wood stove hey give me some heat i'll give you some wood and the wood stove <laughs> looks at you and says that's not the way it works buddy give me some wood 
I'll give you as much heat as you want. And the more wood you give me, the more heat I give you. And so this is an entrepreneurial equa equation. You first need to put into the system in order for it to give back. You can't just be in there with an with a, outstretch for help. So those of you that are always looking at Google for free advice, stop it. <laughs> you, you want to accelerate your growth? Stop it. If it's free, that's what it's worth, free. There's some things that are being, they're paid for. And so if they're paid for, they mean they want more value. If they got more value, it's the shortcut for you to get your success much faster. Absolutely. So Howard, the, the, what's next on your to-do list? Like, uh, you know, any professional projects that are planned in the future for you? Uh, so I have to tell you that coming out of, um, you know, cancer into COVID, the, the pacing for me was I wrote a book. So I am a published author of Shining Brightly uh, now, and it's doing very well. It's, it's a life guide to living a resilient life with hope. And from that launched a speaking career. So I actually get paid to speak on stage virtually and in person to share my message. Um, and that message is one of hope, but with experience. But I, uh, I, I speak on entrepreneurship, leadership, mentorship as well. But I also speak mainly in the healthcare sector because of what I've been through uh, and what I've experienced, you know, cancer 30 years apart. But uh, and then uh, my podcast just launched, uh, you know, and uh, so I'm spreading the message that way and my survivorship coaching. So my entrepreneurial vision now is me. OK, how to give back to the world. And so I'm, awesome. I'm an entrepreneur of Shining Brightly Inc of me. That's that's where I'm going with it now. And I wake up out of bed every day jazz to seize the day and to meet people to, you know, I was excited to come here today and, and talk to your audience and uh, and spread the word. Excellent. And and I made it also that you can share with your audience because I want to make you shine brightly on this. And so shiningbrightly.com. This is the website where people can get a hold of you. And from there, talk with you and, and maybe even ask you to become a speaker. They would find that information on that website, correct? Absolutely. There's the, the it's, it's basically speaking the book, the coaching, uh, also the podcast. I am very interactive. There are also um, three uh, discussion guides, uh, one on survivorship, one on mentorship and, and one on interfaith. Uh, why bother to know people that are different from me? And I'm adding more. I'm adding, be adding one on um, 10 ways to say thank you and gratitude. Um, and these are the freebies that you can take uh, just by coming there and, and uh, sharing your email address. And then here's the beauty of these. I give you sometimes a top 20 list, but I leave the last two for you to fill in yourself. The call to action is for you to read this and fill in the last two um, on mentorship and what you believe, and then go share it with others because talking in a vacuum as you spoke about no one hears you go tell someone else go tell your wife go tell a business associate go tell a team of people go share it with young people take the message and carry it forth that's that's what you do but please I'll, I'm interactive please come come in, and meet me there and uh, and we'll get together and once again there you are sharing you said that we need to share and serve others and and that website represents shiningbrightly.com is the website where they can get and, and avail themselves of all these things that you're talking about. This is absolutely great. Before we go, all my guests have to ask or answer this question. And it's a fun one. If you had a superpower, what would it be and why? So I'm going to have to, I, I, again, I'm a basketball player. So boy, would I like to be Michael Jordan and be able to slam dunk. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, but that doesn't that that's good for show, not for go. I I, I think that I, I I really want to be able to um, do goodness in this world. So I don't I I want to be the superhero that is maybe it's the philanthropist that empowers the world that is going to solve the uh, you know the climate change the the lack of water um, the 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 you know the, the jigsaw puzzle in cancer. That that's that's my superpower. I want to be that catalyst to. Um, offer massive positive change in this world. So if I can be that superhero, I, I would be grateful. Absolutely, I love it. And then uh, we talked about another one, your superpower, but also could it be, be a healer? Would it be something that you'd like to do as well? I do. Uh, healing healing folks is always, that's 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 really important because get as I said, that's part of the lift up others. And um, absolutely, uh, part healer for sure, 100%. Absolutely. I love it. Well, here we have it, ladies and gentlemen, shiningbrightly.com with Howard Brown, a two-time, two-time survivor of cancer, going strong, sharing with others and making things happen. Here he is. Tell us a so little for something. Those, for those who are listening, I just put on my gold reflective shining brightly glasses. You're going to put yours on too? We're going to shine gonna brightly say, gonna They're not as nice as yours, but... <laughs> So we are, for those who are on audio, can, uh, get, we'll be able to hear that. But we put on our sunglasses because it is shining so bright that the words of wisdom that we hopefully shared with you today, that will be a call to action for you. Please share with us and, and let us know uh, if it's positive, but also let us know how you use them and get in touch with both of us because uh, we want to hear from you. And uh, tell us how, how, how you're incorporating some of this into your daily life and your business life and um that's that that to me would give me great joy excellent howard thank you so much and once again you walk the talk you said that in your books and the freebies that you have you say 20 things you give 18 and they fill out the next two because you understand that for information to create transformation needs integration so they need to apply it and you make the people apply it and once again you say hey from the information that we have reach back up to us tell us how it has helped you so that we can share, grow mutually and make things happen. And lastly, I'll tell everybody, don't tiptoe through life. You have a song to sing. Don't die with that song still inside of you. And how much more today it resonates that Howard had two times the opportunity to overcome that big beast and still be around, still be around. And so do not tiptoe through life. Make every moment count someone's waiting for you to share it from the heart. Until next time, make it a great day. This is Francois from howdybecomemore.com and Howard Brown saying all the best. Thank you, everybody.